your four-year-old can discover the joy of learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Listen, uncomplicate the way you do pre-K. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Ho, ho, ho! Hello there and welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. First off, we'll start off with a little bit of housekeeping. Firstly, I want to welcome uh, Stacy to our Patreon uh, channel. Thank you very much for joining and uh, I hope you're enjoying these special uh, episodes that you won't get on this feed. And thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everybody who is listening. I would also like to say a special hello to everybody listening further afield. For the first time in our history, uh, in my podcast history that is, we have entered into the charts in Saudi Arabia. So thank you for all of you listening out there. I hope you're enjoying and I hope you're uh, learning a little bit about uh, some of our history, as weird as it may be. Um, Quick one to everybody who is on our Facebook group Thank you for playing the games this year. We have really, really enjoyed it. We're looking forward to next year. Looking forward to hopefully getting something a little bit different and hopefully a little bit less lockdown next year. Very, very uh, strange one for me this year. It's been the first year I've done any type of podcasting um, and I really wasn't expecting it to hit the ground running as much as it has done. So thank you to all of you guys who listen everybody who gets involved with the games on facebook and a special thank you to everybody who is on my patreon because that support goes a long way for me and i really really do appreciate that so without further ado we shall be getting on with this week's show now i didn't play the game this week because i thought it's going to be pretty obvious what everybody wants to listen to it is christmas so we are going to do the history of christmas now for many of you who listened to the last episode, you will have known that this what this episode was coming. And it is a bit of a strange one. Growing up, especially in England, we are taught the nativity story, which I'm assuming most Christian countries in the Western world are taught. For those of you who don't know the nativity story, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, travelled to Bethlehem where she was rejected she wasn't allowed to go into any of the inns uh, one innkeeper turned around and said I've got a barn you can 
go into all the stable um, and that's where Jesus was born in the stable under the stars with Mary Joseph and the wanderers who came that night that is essentially the story she gave birth to a virgin child who just happened to be the son of God so that's the story in a nutshell there obviously there is a lot more to it and for those of you who are Christian sitting there going there's more to it than that there's more to it I know there's more to it but I am pushed for time with these so so I hope you do understand why uh, I've given a, a nutshell version and it's important to realize the story of Jesus and the story of the nativity is what we know today it is not necessarily the reason for a lot of the traditions we have in in western culture so a lot of english traditions have worked their way over to america um, a lot of uh, european traditions have also worked their way over to america and what we celebrate today i would say is especially in this country is a very similar version to what americans will celebrate and the reason for that is america in the 1900s basically boomed across the world and their influence spread far and wide and with that a lot of countries took on a lot of things that the americans did in the sense of the americans incorporated a lot of traditions from other cultures into their tradition of christmas so we will go into that things like the christmas tree and christmas cards and even santa claus the way we know obviously from listening to the last episode uh, we know that all of this changed in around the 1900s but we need to go even further back to understand where christmas is deep rooted we can go back as far as the romans we can go back almost 2000 years prior to jesus to understand where the pagan traditions uh, sort of came from so i'm not going to go back as far as that first i am going to cover probably my favorite uh my favorite people in history and if you hadn't guessed already that is the vikings norse mythology norse history now in norse history this time of year was known as yule and what they did they worshipped the the vikings actually worshipped nature in an to an extent um they worshipped their gods obviously but they had a lot of ties to the natural world that they believed was was obviously the natural life and this tradition of yule um predates any form of christianity and to an extent it predates uh, judaism and many western uh, religions and what they did in this time was they uh they believed that the the winter was a time of death so it's not necessarily a nice holiday and the the feeling of being close to death was was very very poignant in norse culture and one of the ways they tried to get over this was by partying um so what they would do was the the one of the main things uh, would be to cut down the biggest tree they could find and they would call that the yule tree now this log that they they'd obviously strip the branches off and they would drag this log into the main hall or the viking hall for those of you who have seen 
programs such as Vikings or The Last Kingdom, uh, you'll know that Viking had grand entrances. The Viking halls were uh, very, very big, where everybody would gather in, in one one place. We'd sort of probably call them a community centre now, but that would be um, essentially where everybody would party. So they'd drag this massive log into the hole and they would light it on fire. And this happened roughly around the 21st to the 22nd of December, although you could go as far as saying the 24th, 25th. There's no real exact date on it, um, but it was roughly around that sort of time that we would call Christmas. Now, when this log was burnt, the log would roughly burn for around 12 days. So for those of you who have already worked out, that is a link to what we know as the 12 days of Christmas. And you will see certain similarities through what we're saying um, to the modern Christmas that we know today. Now, when this fire burnt, um, it signified new life. It was a big party for the Vikings or for Norse people. Um, and what they used to say, or what they would say was, every spark that came off of the log signified an animal that was to be born the following year so a pig cow goat anything like that they needed to farm with so they found it very very important to keep that fire going because if the fire died out then potentially their livestock died out for the following year so it was really really essential to them to keep that fire going they also used to party now the vikings were very well known for partying drinking and fighting and things like that but around this time around december there was more of a celestial meaning to what was going on there's a bit of a dark side to the partying so the reason for the partying was to keep the bad spirits out they knew that the winter the cold could kill people they weren't stupid they knew exactly how dangerous their winters were especially in places like Norway and things like that where it you know it really does drop the temperature is unbelievable how cold it gets to so their belief was that the party would warn away any bad spirits that were in the area and it would also act as like a a barrier between them and the the dangers let's say that were outside Another thing that the Vikings or the Norse used to do was to bring inside evergreen trees. And the reason for that was an evergreen tree was the only tree that was able to withstand the cold temperatures in the Norse winters. And it signified to them that life carries on, life goes on, and people, you know, live and die. But, you know, regardless of all the dangers and things like that outside regardless of all the problems in the world life carries on so again we can see a link there between why the christmas tree is an evergreen tree another big similarity between norse tradition and i would say modern christmas was the like i said the partying but mainly the feast so in the winter what they would do would be obviously to kill the animals that weren't going to survive the winter and use them the best way they could. So when Christmas came around, or what they would call Yule came around, there was a lot of 
food available for them to eat there and then. So they used to make make use of it. There was a lot of partying and there was a lot of big feasts. Uh, meat was very easy to get hold of. Whereas at certain times in the year, probably at least a month or so before that, where the, the temperature was dropping, but yet they weren't necessarily celebrating things like Yule, they would have been very hungry. They wouldn't have been killing their cattle because their cattle could still work out in the fields. But when that temperature really dropped, they had to they had to make the sacrifices and get rid of the animals. And therefore were able to have these grand lavish feasts where everybody you know had their bellies full so we know a little bit about the norse now we're going to go back a little bit further we're going to go back to the romans so we're talking you know a thousand years plus before jesus christ and the roman tradition or their their pagan roots come from the festival of saturnalia so for those of you who know a little bit about Roman history, you'll know that Saturnalia is in December and it is roughly around the same time as Christmas. Now, Saturnalia, you'll see very similar things between Saturnalia and Yule. And those are the things like the partying, the big feasts, the revelry, and a lot of things like that. But during this celebration they turned the order of rome upside down so you would find for this this you know these parties went on for roughly a month um they were they were big lavish parties but what they used to do was they would turn the social order of rome upside down in the sense of the slaves would be the master for a month and the master would become the slaves for a month and silly little things like that that basically they were just enjoying themselves and really trying to get out of the the monotony monotony of uh, normal life sorry I had to put my teeth in to say that word now the Romans did have a little side festival during this month which was known as juvenalia and this is where they focused on the children they made the children the centre of the party the children were celebrated, the children were adorned with gifts and money and things like that. And they really made the centre of this festival about children. So children were the future and children got to enjoy themselves during this time just as much as the adults did. So this would have happened for about a month, like I said. And this happened to what I would say were middle class to lower class people these weren't the upper echelons of roman society the upper class let's say were a little bit more conservative about their celebrations and they celebrated it in a similar way to how christians um or at least what we would know as uh, orthodox christians the very very strict christians would have celebrated christmas and that is with prayer and devotion to god the problem with this obviously we're talking pre-christianity so they didn't actually celebrate jesus or what we would know as as god today they celebrated one of their gods called mithra now mithra is an extremely important god in roman roman religion he is the god of the sun not the son of god 
the God of the Sun. There is a big similarity, believe me. Uh, and if you do want to delve into that, you will see so many similarities between Mithra and Jesus that is is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, he's not the son of God. He is the God of the sun. Um, and he was basically the reason that they woke up in the morning. He was the God in charge of making sure that there was enough sun to grow the crops, to feed the animals, to keep people alive. And, you know, he was the most important god in roman society especially to the upper echelons and to these people or to these devout mithra um believers the birthday of mithra was the most important day of the year and can anybody guess when mithra's birthday will have been and yes you would be absolutely right because i'm sure everybody said it at the same time it is the 25th of december so again the son of god born on the 25th of december the god of the sun born on the 25th of december there are like i said there are so many similarities but it might be something i'll cover in a different episode but i don't want to offend anybody by doing it because the similarities are so blatant that you would you it it made me question a lot of things growing up um because of these similarities so i might not do that but we'll see if anybody wants to hear that episode then i might put it out for you guys but um moving on so we're going to look a little bit at the christian traditions now now we can see obviously certain similarities between the norse and pagan religion and the the mithra tradition and the ancient roman tradition we can see similarities what was very important around sort of i would say the first century ad anything up to the fourth or fifth century ad the birth of jesus was obviously seen as important but they didn't celebrate it so for about four or five hundred years the birth of christ was not celebrated at all the more important point of the christianity religion was the resurrection easter that was so much more important to christians than the birth of christ and the reason for that is because obviously people are born every day and people are not resurrected every day so it was seen as more of a godly entity for that to happen rather than just being born they knew the story you know the the tradition of the story the nativity but the date on Jesus's birth was a bit of a mystery. Now, when you look at Christian traditions, we know Jesus's birthday was the 25th of December. There are very few Christians in the world who would say he was definitely born on the 25th of December. There is evidence in the Bible which proves that he wasn't born on the 25th of December. The main one for that would be the shepherds watching their flock by night. Well, in the Middle East, they uh, in the middle of December, they certainly weren't watching their flock in the middle of the night. It wouldn't happen. It would be far too cold. The flock would be either in a pen or in a barn. There is no way they would be out on the field in the middle of the night. It's just too cold. Uh, there are a lot of sources that suggest that he was born in the summer or around that time. I actually spoke to uh, one of my listeners uh, last week, Paul. Um, so here's a little shout out for you Paul um, he actually said that they did a thing around that time to suggest where 
a certain star was in the sky they've managed to track it all the way back and through the stories of the bible his birthday would have been the 17th of april because of where the star was in the sky that night and how the way the bible describes that star so i'm going to use that because that makes a lot of sense for me and i know paul is religious so i'm going to go with paul on that he was born on april the 17th you might ask why was why was it moved to the 25th of december well the reason is and this is where christianity has taken such a massive leap in modern society christianity in the early times was still a minor religion it was still not not the 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 biggest in the world it was certainly growing but it certainly wasn't there most people around sort of the first to the fifth century were pagan and the christian church what they used to do was when they expanded west when they moved through rome into france into germany into england um, and took over really they, they took over the, these countries what they would do was instead of turning up and imposing their will on people and saying this is what you have to believe this is what you need to do and this is how you're going to do it which would have caused revolts and fights and you know probably would have meant christianity may not have survived past that what they did was they took traditions from other religions and incorporated them into what we know today so like i said things with the norse mythology the 12 days of christmas uh, that was incorporated with the 12 days that the yule log would burn um one of the main things that people used to decorate their houses with at this time was holly holly and um ivy people still decorate their their you know their houses with holly today when they talked about that it was incorporated that the spikes on the holly would have been the crown on jesus's head which is why you find when you look at most christmas wreaths which is in the shape of a crown they have holly on them and that is to signify the crown that was put on jesus's head so they didn't take away they added to the traditions and that's why christianity was so influential throughout the west there were other little things that christians did um you know the the thought of the evergreen tree that wasn't taken away they they carried on bringing the trees in but what they used to do was they would decorate the trees with apples apples obviously signify eve and the garden of eden and over time those apples have turned into baubles and for those of you who are american i'm aware that you don't call them baubles you call them christmas ornaments uh, we call them ornaments if they're not in the shape of a ball. If they're in a ball, they're called baubles, which uh, is a really weird way of pronouncing it, and it is a strange word. But, you know, if you Google baubles, it'll come up with what you know as Chris, uh, Christmas ornaments. They kept the parties, they kept the feasts, they kept a lot of the things that we would know today as, you know, basically what we would know as Christmas um we still have a big meal we still have a party well obviously this year we don't because no one's bloody allowed out but we still celebrate in that way and you may question as to why 
this has carried on in the way it has and was there any opposition to that well for those of you in america you certainly are aware of the puritans now the puritans started in this country they did not agree with christmas they wanted it outlawed they saw it as too much happiness basically too much excitement too much fun why would we want to have fun we need to be devoted to god and only god partying is not part of the the plan from god we can't have fun no this was the the puritans and how they they saw things and i'm not saying it's right or wrong um it's certainly not a way i would look at it um but they they didn't enjoy things like that by the middle ages however uh christmas sorry christmas christianity had basically replaced the old pagan religions there were very few followers um pretty much everyone had just got on board with christianity um very similar to how it is today i would say there are a handful of pagans um but not not in not in any great number so in the middle ages what they would do on the 25th of december or the 24th of december uh, the late night uh, 24th of December they would call everyone to church they'd ring the bells people would turn up to church and this was for mass well we now know we now call it in this country midnight mass it was called Christ mass which has now obviously become Christmas so a lot of Christians went to church on on the 24th 25th of December now that sounds pretty normal um you know i don't go to church but the church over the road from me we see a lot of cars out there on christmas eve so it is still common what is not common now is what was happening outside the church so middle ages outside the church you would find the parties still going on and i'm not talking about little parties that you would have with friends and family these were big blowout parties in the middle of the street uh, dancing and music and um, even to an extent things like sex was going on in the middle of the streets um, really not what we would know as orthodox Christianity today but this was people enjoying themselves they were having fun and in England even to the point where they would put a uh, I, was, I don't want to say beggar but I would say I, w- I suppose beggar is better than what we call them. We call them tramps, which I think is... I don't think that's necessarily correct anymore. Um, but basically a homeless person or someone who was very, very, very poor, bottom end of the, the pile, uh, they were actually put in charge of the town for for the day. Um, they were called the Lord of Misrule, and they were king, uh, crowned with a little crown and put on a chair, and basically they were in charge of all the frivolity that went on in... during that time so you know it's a very very strange time and it's not really something that we would associate with christmas today it wasn't just him a lot of the poorer communities they got to go around to the richer houses and basically knock on the doors and demand food they would be given you know food and wine and beer and by the richer people this was the one time a year where they were allowed to go and knock on the doors and say you know feed us and they got fed so again you can see a similarity there between sort of medieval christmas and the roman tradition of flipping the social order but anyway we'll go back to the puritans and how they were against christmas 
and we will talk about a man who is very famous in English history, and that is Oliver Cromwell. So in 1645, we're going back a few years, Oliver Cromwell and his uh, army overthrew the King of England and got rid of him. And these Puritans were planning on getting rid of everything in England that was decadent and nice and good and what we would enjoy. They got rid of all of it. And in 1652, they outlawed Christmas. They got rid of it. Churches had to close on Christmas Day. Shops had to open on Christmas Day. They didn't care about Christmas. They got rid of it completely. There was no Christmas in England in 1652. Doesn't mean that people stopped celebrating. They just did it in private, in silence. And it was an underground sort of festival then. And... It's very weird to think that, you know, Christmas was outlawed. You, I mean, to be fair, Boris Johnson has fucking done that this year. But so that's a side note. Um, but yeah, we're. Um, it it was weird. It must have been a very weird time when you celebrated Christmas your entire life, and then all of a sudden you're not allowed to. Um, but this is where we have in this country, and I got a message um, asking in the last episode what a mince pie was. Well, a mince pie is essentially uh it's fruit and it's in a like a pastry cake so it things like raisins sultanas dates that type of of mince so it's mince m i n c e not mince as in polos um i don't know if you get polos in america mentos if you don't um it's not that type of a mint it's minced as in minced fruit um they used to call that Christmas pie. Um, that then got changed because obviously they weren't allowed to have Christmas Christmas pies because Christmas pies signified Christmas. So they changed it to mince pie. The English weren't happy about this, obviously, as I'm sure you can understand. And they passed a... Basically, they turned around to Cromwell and his cronies and said, if you don't put Christmas back on the table, we're going to put the king back in place. Cromwell said no, and in fifteen, sorry, sixteen fifty-six, uh, James the Second was put back on the throne, and Oliver Cromwell was beheaded. And his, well, there's actually quite an interesting story about Oliver Cromwell's head because it got passed around for many, 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 many years. Um, so that's something we could do another episode on: is Oliver Cromwell and his head. But anyway, the king was restored, and so was Christmas. So they, the English, went four years with no Christmas thanks to Oliver Cromwell. The Puritans obviously failed in England, so they travelled to the New World and they travelled to America in hopes that they could ban it over there. And in 1659, they actually managed to ban Christmas in Boston. Yet again, this is something that failed. It just drove Christmas underground. People still celebrated Christmas, obviously. However... This we're just talking about Boston, Massachusetts here. The Jamestown settlement in Virginia were by Captain John Smith. Uh, he founded that. Um, he wrote in his diary that their first Christmas in the new the new world was frivolous and plentiful, and they enjoyed a good feast. So, obviously, this Puritan thing hadn't spread across all of the colonies. 
Um, also, just a little side note for those of you who don't know, eggnog was first drunk at that settlement in Jamestown, and it comes from the pirate word of grog, which means a drink that has rum in it. So there you go, there's a little side note for you However, in America, things were not that that smooth for that long. When you guys signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776, basically everything that was English was outlawed, and Christmas was included in that, to the point that in 1779, and for roughly the next 67 years, uh, give or take a handful of times, Congress actually sat in session on Christmas Day. So, I mean, you guys really didn't like us. <laughs> they were, you were quite happy to get rid of everything English and 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 move in your own direction. And that's, you know, that sort of has a big hand to play over the next sort of. You're looking at the 1800s, where Victorian England and Victorian America, uh, how the differences and how you guys changed Christmas to what we know today. America basically invented its own Christmas in the 1800s and 19th century. And they took away a lot of the religion behind it. And they took away a lot of the over-the-top partying. So the crazy partying in the streets and the changing the social order and things like that. They got rid of all of that. But they made their own version of Christmas. And their version of Christmas obviously was new to them but it ended up spreading like wildfire across the rest of the world and it's kind of what changed christmas for everybody was the americans in the 1800s the 1800s saw some of the most influential figures in what we would know as modern day christmas so in 1819 uh, a man named washington irving wrote a book called Bracebridge Hall Um, and this was basically about a Christmas an ideal Christmas at an an English manor house and it made people reevaluate how Christmas should have been spent It, it was it was very family orientated the feast was still there the gift giving was there it was an ideological way of looking at Christmas it gave us the sense of looking out for one's neighbour, where the upper class would look after some of the lower peasants in society, um, how, basically how people should be celebrating Christmas, by looking out for one another, um, and, you know, this very ideological way of how Christmas should be. And a few years later, 1843, possibly one of the most famous writers of all time, Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. So this is a Victorian story about a man who is a Scrooge or Mr. Scrooge who hates Christmas and hates basically everybody. Uh, He gets uh, a a visit from three different ghosts that show him how his life is going to be if he carries on on the path that he's doing and how his way of life is going to affect everybody's lives around him mainly his uh, worker and his family so it's a very good story Uh, for those of you who don't know it I mean where have you been because honestly probably one of the the most famous Christmas stories of all time even Disney has had a shot at this with Mickey Mouse so it's a really 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 good film really good story Um, and it 
gives you a sense of Victorian Christmas and how Christmas should be celebrated, very similar to the the last book. So now the Christmas really took off in America. There was books about the ideal Christmas. People had changed their perception. You know, you're talking about the, the early 19th century, where prior to that, children were brought up with a, an iron fist, basically. You know, children should be seen and not heard. Children need to learn discipline and things like that. And around sort of the 1820s, 1830s, uh, America and, uh, you know, Victorian Britain, uh, it, well, it wasn't Victorian Britain in the, in the 1820s, but it, that, that era of Britain were moving towards a more sensitive way of raising children. Um, you know, it wasn't so much the iron fist, it was more of a nurturing caring type of parent more similar to what we see today i mean today some of you liberals have gone far too far with the nurturing and and not disciplining your children but we'll save that for for uh outside of the episodes because uh, i don't i don't do politics on my episodes but what i'm saying is is you know the the change in the way children were brought up had a massive effect to the how america and Britain changed to celebrate Christmas because really Christmas was all about the children and this is where it started to be all about children before especially in America you know you you guys hadn't had a Christmas really since the Puritans moved in not a proper one anyway and now the 1800s come in and all of a sudden you guys are celebrating something that's a little bit new a little bit more fun um and Britain, you know, again, although we had our our ways of Christmas, uh, the 1800s brought in changes to the Christmas thanks to authors who had brought out their version of what a Christmas should be. This gave Americans and the English, um, you know, I would even stretch it as far as the French as well, um, even though I don't know a huge amount about French history. Um, but Western history and Western religions started to adopt this new wave of of christmas where the focus was on the children and on the family and giving presents and seeing a child's face light up this obviously gave americans a reason to celebrate christmas they understood that christmas was about the children but they didn't know how to celebrate christmas they knew the why but not not how basically so this is where 1800s they started to invent their own ways of celebrating christmas the ancient style of partying and sex in the streets and things like that that's not not what they wanted it wasn't acceptable but there were a lot of things that they found were acceptable that they could incorporate in their new style of christmas the christmas tree for example uh, is deep rooted in Germany in German culture and has always been part of German culture even back to back to the pagans they didn't get rid of the christmas tree everywhere else in the world or everywhere western world got rid of the christmas tree but in 1840 queen victoria married her cousin prince albert he was german and basically he bought over the christmas tree tradition into the royal household and in 1848 there was a public engraving done of the royal family standing by a christmas tree 
and this is where basically everybody else turned around and went I want one of those and Christmas trees started to be put up around England this obviously was then transferred over to America and you guys started doing Christmas trees as well it all pretty much happened roughly around the same time around sort of the 1850s so America started to adapt all of these traditions from around the world um, 1828 uh, Ponsetia the um, red flower was brought over from Mexico uh, the Christmas tree was obviously done around 1848 uh, again in 1848 the English uh, an English company invented Christmas cards and again that took off as well to go with the Christmas cards around this sort of time um, the Royal Mail was founded so was the USPS uh, the United States Postal Service was founded around a similar time as well um, and this sort of meant that the Christmas card really took off because had the an efficient postal service not existed um, people wouldn't have been able to post Christmas cards and they might not have they might not have been as popular now um, as they were do you know what I mean they it could have completely changed had the postal service been invented 50 60 years later the Victorians uh, in America or, and, and in England, uh, I'm just going to use Victoria, obviously I'm well aware that Americans were not uh, were not Victorian because they weren't supporters of the crown, but the Victorian era, let's say, in, in America and England, um, they did everything they could to clean up the old traditions of Christmas. Um, but they left one, one that was not necessarily rude as nowadays would see but especially in victorian england um, and victorian america something that was probably seen as slightly frivolous um, and that is the tradition of the mistletoe so they kept that because it wasn't too much but it wasn't uh, it wasn't good but it wasn't too far gone um, it was something that they could accept um, and let's be honest uh, men and women quite enjoyed the mistletoe because it gave them that opportunity to kiss someone that they probably wouldn't have kissed on a normal day and uh, yeah it's a bit of fun Um, and I think they bought that little bit of fun to keep Christmas a little bit more enjoyable so in America Christmas had really taken off it's found its new traditions it's found a new way of celebrating now the only place that you couldn't find christmas in the 1800s in america was the church because the church still was protestant it still didn't necessarily celebrate christmas in that way they weren't you know they weren't overly keen on the new style of christmas that the americans had brought in they'd taken traditions from all over the world and amalgamated it all into one american christmas but it was missing that religious aspect now the problem the church had was americans were still religious americans still believed in christ and they still wanted to celebrate the birth of christ however if your church isn't celebrating that then you would go and find a church that was celebrating that and it put pressure on the protestant church to actually enforce a christmas celebration and they really had to because otherwise they were going to lose all of their their parishioners uh, 
I'm not sure if you call them parishioners in in America, but we do in this country people who go to that particular church um, or that parish. Um, so the Protestant Church really had to to do something. They had to move with the times, and they had to start celebrating Christmas in a way that kept it religious and fun. And that is what they did. You know, they really did do everything they could to keep their their parishioners on their side and 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 it worked you know i can say like i said i i personally am not religious but i know that there are religion uh churches sorry not religion <laughs> there are churches in my area in my like i said i've got a church literally opposite the road um and there are people that go every christmas you see them every sunday so the church had to move with the times and they did to incorporate christmas into the way that we know it today the rest of the story you will probably have learned from last week's episode and that is the american invention of santa claus how the americans took on this old catholic uh, saint and turned him into this rotund big jolly man with a big white beard who delivers presents to everybody across the world and you know how he has eight reindeer and then in the 191930s the invention of rudolph and the invention of the workshop and the elves and everything like that and everything that encapsulates christmas america had a big part to play in that and I'm not going to go into too much detail on Santa Claus because obviously, like I said, we did that last last episode. Um, but if you if you have missed that episode and you've just caught this one, go back and listen to it because you'll understand where that tradition has come from and where people, you know, where he he started off as a Catholic saint and how he evolved into what we know as Santa today. The 1900s, the 20th century brought in the new what we would know as modern day christmas you know we we had the trees we had the presents we had the big meal we didn't have the frivolous partying but we still had the mistletoe we still had santa and we had everything set for what we know as christmas today then flip forward a few years get to the 1950s you had the invention of christmas music um chestnuts roasting on an open fire um you know all the classic christmas songs dreaming of a white christmas all of these things came out in the 1950s you flip forwards a few more years and you get the invention of christmas films um my favorite christmas film is the santa claus with tim allen uh, followed closely by Elf because I think Elf is amazing. Um, my wife's favourite Christmas film is uh, Home Alone. So you know everybody has their own favourites. Everyone has their favourite Christmas songs, Christmas carols. You know the traditions really move with the times, and you know it went from a a place of Christmas being frivolous and crazy and and you know upsetting the social order to no christmas at all to then going to christmas starting to get its traditions and where it's come from and you know even the the sense of the old pagan traditions of the christmas tree 
how that's still part of our lives now we still have christmas trees in this country i know americans still have christmas trees i know most western countries still keep christmas trees the feast that still exists in this country we have turkey at christmas uh, i know you guys replace turkey with at thanksgiving um, and decide to have a different meat on christmas day which i kind of understand because i wouldn't really want turkey more than once a year um but it's it's one of those things you know the traditions that we have are still there we still have our roast dinner we still have our presents we still have our our trees our decorations our lights our way of celebrating christmas and every family has their own little traditions you know every family celebrates it slightly different every year and that is basically what encapsulates christmas christmas is a family affair it is for the family and it is for a time where you know we look after the children you know christmas is more about children now than it ever was and again this goes back to the old roman tradition of juvenalia so christmas is deep rooted in history and when we talk about the religious meaning of christmas yes that has been lost a lot it has been lost a lot but i think it's been lost for the right reasons see for me i think christmas is, is not necessarily just about the birth of christ it is about family and it is about being together and spending time with one another and the look on your children's faces when they open their presents is priceless you cannot beat that um you know the magic of santa that still exists today from you know nearly 200 years since he was invented the you know, he still exists the whole story of him still exists children still believe in a one little man who can fly around the earth in one night and deliver presents to millions upon billions of children every year they still believe that and that magic is what keeps christmas going and it's what will keep christmas going for generations to come you know this tradition isn't going anywhere and i think it's very important for people to enjoy christmas um i know for those of you who are in england right now and listening to this i know christmas is gonna be shit this year because we can't even go we can't even go out we're not allowed to go and see family um my my mum uh we'd planned on my mum coming up to to see the grandchildren for christmas um boris johnson's fucked that up by saying she's not allowed to leave the house because of where she lives um so she's not allowed to come up and see the grandkids um you know it, it's it's not been it's not going to be a a normal christmas this year um but as far as my children will be concerned it will be it will be a normal christmas they're still going to have their presents and everything like that so you know it's uh and it's about the kids you know i'm not i i'm you know gutted that i can't see certain family members at christmas but as long as my kids enjoy it that's what matters to me and uh, i think that's what matters to most most parents and most people around the world is that the children enjoy their christmas and you know i really do hope everybody does have a good christmas this year i you know from me here at uh, this week in history 
I, I do. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, that is absolutely fine. Uh, I hope you enjoy your time off work, especially if you're in the Western Western world and you don't celebrate Christmas. You, you get time off work at the moment. So I hope you enjoy your time off. Um, but yeah, to everybody who listens, a very Merry Christmas. And we will have one more episode coming out before the end of the year. Which uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to spoil it all for you because I don't think it's something I'm going to be able to find a picture of. And it might be a very long episode, but I will be recapping this year, this 2020, because let's be honest, we want this year to be history because I think everybody's had enough of this year. So next week will be a recap of 2020 from start to finish and believe me guys there are things that you have forgotten that happened this year that will shock you um i was talking to uh, a friend earlier in the week and we completely forgot about the fires that happened in australia at the start of the year and you sort of go wow yeah that was this year that's how crazy it was and you you've forgotten about that because we've been overwhelmed by other news and that's why I want to recap it. I think there are a lot of things that have happened this year that are extremely important that I don't think we should forget. So stay tuned for that because that will be a, a different type of episode for me and one that you know is a little bit, I suppose, a little bit depressing really because, let's be honest, for most people involved, this has been a shit year. So let's hope 2021 is better for everyone. But for now, everybody enjoy your Christmas and I shall talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And just remember, we all have history. Make yours great. Bye-bye. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm. You're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew. And not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now Sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with queen mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this and this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. 
But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.